1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. The episode is brought to you by Scent Crusher, scentcrusher.com. Uh, anything from the room clean, the ozone go, um, the closet, the travel closet, gear bags, totes, sprays, soaps. You know, you stank. Whole line of shit. You know, nothing's guaranteed, but any edge you can, you can get on scent control. uh, is going to help you out in the Mm -hmm. woods uh, no matter what. We all know how strong a whitetail's nose is, and Scent Crusher is our number one pick to help us beat that little benefit they have over us because you know how it is when you walk in and you get stinky real (laughs) fast. Yeah. So especially if you're like me and you sit in one stand, you're like, man, I want to go to another spot. And you get down and run over to the other spot. <laughs> Sprint. yeah. Like, especially oh. <laughs> early season, you know, you're sweating your yeah, dick off by yeah. the time you get halfway to the stand. Yep. So check out syncrusher.com. They uh, we're, we are presented by Scent Crusher, um, and our Carbon TV series is as well. Super proud of that partnership and thankful for them. Uh, also HHA Sports, HHA Sports.com, um, the Optimizer Kingpin, the. Um, Optimizer light, the Tetra, the fixed position, the dovetail, the Vertus arrow rest, the lifetime warranty. We, uh, me and Doug in here have been putting our our uh, our crusher and HJ stuff to work, right, Doug? Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so. Hey, technically, I still have a deer down this year, so
1: <laughs> piss off, lose. We'll talk about that. We're fifty percent, huh? <clears throat> yeah, we're fifty percent, but you know. We could need, we could use some help, I guess. I mean, make us look a little better. Jesus yeah. Christ! It's all right
0: though. I'm um, Also brought to you by Elite Archery. <laughs> we are shooting the Ritual, You'll get there, buddy. The Ritual 30 <laughs> just dropped. That's all over Facebook, social media. But they still have the Enlist, the Tempo, uh, the Impulse, the Options. Um, check them out at EliteArchery.com. Go, go to a local dealer and shoot one of those. Got the new Ritual. I know. I haven't shot that yet. The 30. I kind of okay. want to shoot a 30. Yeah, Phillips Philip's knocking it? deer down with it already. That giant he just shot. Yeah. Was a monster. That was at his home place too. Yeah, in Arkansas? Ooh. Yeah. Yep. That that makes it even a bigger deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he he's been t- he was talking about that deer in uh, Nebraska and he's been following it I think for a couple years now. I said oh, 3 wow. years. Yeah.
2: It's crazy. He it's crazy sheds to it and everything. Yeah, yep. say you can grow big deer anywhere.
0: That's right. You really can. Um also, speaking of growing big deer, big time, uh bigtime.com. Um if you can use the mineral, but they got good clothing, uh, buck brunch, the seed. Um, they have trail cameras out. Um, also, um, Victory Archery, Victory Arrows. We're all shooting the RIP TKO gamers. Love them. Um, Hunter's Blend Coffee, use code working class for 10% off. Ethics Archery, um, inserts, use code WCB for 10% off. And Combination Creative is our company we work with for video and graphic production for our carbon tv series and they also helped us design the hang and bang shirt which is now up and available for pre-order and the new trip into a 150 or you can't trip into a 150 shirt which is also available up for pre-order um and that is from a quote austin chandler said on episode two of carbon gotta watch it gotta watch it so we'll talk about that more here in a bit we're gonna hop into this episode and hope you enjoy Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody,
2: it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman.
0: Working class bow hunter.
2: Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. The working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Class bow hunter. Class bow hunter. You're listening to
0: the working. Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter.
2: Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast.
1: It's really, really not that good. good, 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 good.
3: Working <laughs> Class. Working Class. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the podcast, episode 251. Yeah, we're getting closer
4: and closer to Steve's weight every week. Damn. Oh, yeah. shit. Jesus. Shots He's fired. <laughs> not even here to defend himself. Right, right. <laughs> Clint
0: Casper is on the phone. He's not in studio. We wish he was, but what's up, Clint?
4: oh man i wish i was in studio too but i still got a buck tag in my pocket so i probably uh i can't make that happen till that gets filled but yeah I'll be man back. i'll be back soon
0: don't Not blame me there been a while it's been too long dude too yeah, long
4: i know man gosh it has been i the last one was oh man what august
0: <sighs> i don't even July? remember man i don't either i don't remember it's too been a long, long. Yeah, yeah too damn too- long
4: too damn long.
0: Well, let's get the let's do the veteran shout out real quick. I'll uh, let uh, our intern tank cover that.
2: <laughs> yep. The uh, veteran shout out is Julian Loker. He is a sergeant in the Arm- Army National Guard, uh, transportation slash ammunition uh, division. It looks like. Uh, I heard he's a taxidermist, so he's right up our alley, man. A really good right. taxidermist. Yeah, yeah. He's someone I'd oh, like yeah.
0: to have in as a guest. Oh yeah. Good let's do it thank you for your service sir we appreciate it thank you if if you'd like to submit someone for a veteran shout out go to workingclassbowhunter.com hit the contact tab and you'll see the form there um so uh right now we have our latest episode released this week on carbon tv that's with chip city we talk about production and film work and a bunch of bullshit and just everything in between cover it all like we always do with chip have a good time. Now, my producer for Carbon, Jordan Johnson from Combination Creatives on that with us. So check that out. If you go to, to the Carbon TV page on a desktop or through your regular browser, not the app, and go there and give us a 10-score rating and follow us on Carbon and screenshot it and send it to us, we'll send you some working-class Bowhunter stickers as a thank you for that. That's or right. if you rate us on iTunes and screenshot us to your rating and what you wrote... Send us that, and we'll send you some working class bowler stickers as a thank you. Give you some stickers. Even if it was a bad rating, we could probably still send you stickers. I mean... <laughs> just some shit on them.
2: <laughs> there's, there's a minimum rating.
0: If someone's <laughs> going to give a bad rating, what I've been noticing a lot, this has happened a couple times lately, they'll give a bad rating, but they'll do it like either anonymously or like they won't discuss us like with... like They could easily just be like, we had a couple people... Oh, for example... We have a perfect example. We had a guy say he was unfollowing our page because in the promo for the latest carbon episode with chip, we have the clip from Friday where he's like, bye Felicia. Right. Because in yeah. the episode, chips talking about a critter that took off. You'll have to watch the episode. And he says, bye Felicia. And Jordan cut that into the promo. And the dude is like, I don't know what, I don't know how how you were, how California gangster OGs have anything to do with bow hunting. I'm choosing to unfollow this page. I'm like, Okay, yeah, it's like you're just, you fucking suck, and you don't, you're not any fun. So, okay, see Those you later. real fun
1: at parties. Like right? it was,
0: It's clearly a joke. Everyone's having a good time here, but uh, you're that one <laughs> dude at the party who's mad because they don't have Natty Light.
2: <laughs> that would be you, that's man. That's me. That's
3: me. Yeah, that's, uh, that's me. <laughs>
2: so,
0: anyway, let's cut into it. Man, dude, what's been up? How much hunting have you done?
4: Man, um, well, I was, uh, I kicked off the year uh, bow hunting out west like I always do. I was in uh, Idaho, the freaking Dust Bowl of America for, oh, God, I was out there for 12 days chasing elk and muleys right after all those fires went through. So, I mean, it was that was that was pretty rough. That was 10, 10 or 11 tough days. Um, got into a couple really big bulls, but just visibility. I mean, it, it was just tough, tough glass and tough hunting, 100 degrees, um, finished off in Montana, shot a really, really good goat. Got to hang out and hunt with a uh, good buddy, Brian Barney. Uh, was out there for the, for the entire trip with my buddy, With oh, well, our good buddy. I met my buddy Dan through Brian. But, uh, yeah, man, always a good time hooking up with them guys. Love hunting Montana. It was fun to get into Idaho.
0: Let's talk about hunting. that goat, though, because you put it in perspective. I was, I was like, dude, that looked really big. And Brian said it was like the biggest goat he's seen on the ground put it in perspective for people who don't know antelope how big that was because you were saying like a certain amount of inches is like this big and yours was so big Yeah,
4: so I mean with goat like I mean anyone that's listened to this podcast with me on it before I mean I'm not like I don't get caught up in the inches game but with goats and sheep like the difference between say an 80 inch and an 82 inch goat is like a 130 white tail and a 150 white tail I mean that's like that's a big two inches is a big deal so, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to put into perspective, like, last year's goat was 76 and some odd inches. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll just round down. We'll say it was 76, and I'm pretty sure that's, I mean, that's, like, right at or flirting with, I think, what, you know, like, a booner is. I mean, that's a that, that's a big goat. Like, if you get in the 70s, that's a good one. If you get 75 up, that's, that's a damn good goat. That's the first antelope I ever killed was last year. So, Brian and Dan was joking, they're like, ah, oh, dude, you know, it's going to take a, it, you know, it could be a long time, do you ever top that, blah, blah, blah. Well, then, I end up getting on this goat this year, last day. I knew he was big, but it was it was uh, crazy tough stock, and I was just focused on getting in tight, which I really didn't get to get in that tight. Had to make a long shot, but I was just focused on getting this freaking tag punched, you know, so I knew he was big, but I really didn't, honestly know how big he was till I got up to him. And Brian is like, dude, he's like, you smoked that goat. But he's like, do you honestly realize how big that, that goat is? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to lie, not really. And he's like, dude, he's like, this this goat is, like, stupid big. And I'm like, really? He's like, uh, yeah. Well, him and Dan were watching him. Like, they watched me put the stock on through the spotters from, like, a mile and a half away. So they watched the whole thing unfold. So they got to pick this goat apart. Like, I mean, they already knew he was, like, going to be probably 80 plus inches before I ever even killed him so they knew what was like kind of on the line I'm honestly happy I didn't know he was really that big because when I got up to him I'm like oh shit and Brian's like yeah he's like dude he's like this thing is stupid big and like in Montana if you can get 80 or even even in that 81, 82 I mean Montana holds some really good goats but I mean that's when you get up over 80 you're, you're talking like gigantic goats
3: mm-hmm.
4: so you know it was like it was kind of cool because i really didn't know how I, mean, I knew he was big but i didn't realize he was that big till i got up to him but so yeah man it was just kind of one of them deals where just you know a little bit of luck came together for me or whatever but uh yeah started off out west man and uh, hoping to get back to idaho here in another month and hunt the muley rut it'll be cold as hell and freaking a foot and a half of snow but really looking forward to doing that on public uh, Whitetails, we started the 29th, yeah, 29th of September, so I mean right now we're trying to get a bunch of crops off dad and I. So I mean between kids and football and farming, I mean I'm still getting in the woods probably three, four nights a week. So I mean, you know, I've still been pounding it pretty good. Uh had a couple nice bucks in front of me that I've let walk. Had my main target buck underneath me for like twenty minutes a couple nights ago, it was just too dark.
3: Damn. <laughs> yeah, <that sucks. laughs>
4: he got in there at like seven ten. And I Ooh. was I was just getting ready to let my bow down and I heard the deer coming. And I don't but in my head I'm just like, Yup, this is him. And I have not seen this fucking daylight yet up to this point. But for some odd reason I just had that feeling and pulled the binoculars the bino's up, dude, and he's coming and I'm like, It's gonna be too dark by the time he gets here and sure as shit, you know, it was. But that buck fed on acorns underneath me till almost 7:40. I mean, he was within. <laughs> he was at 13, no, 16 yards. Six, I think it was 16 yards was the closest. The furthest he was was 35. So I mean, this dude was in the wheelhouse for 25 minutes. No clue on there. 7:40 rolls around and I'm like, I have got to go. I'm like, I, I, I got <laughs> like, like, I mean, so. I bark at him twice like I'm just like you know roof, roof, just, just like just like that <laughs> like a shih tzu <laughs> he literally he literally looks up at me kind of tilts his head to the side and like flickers his tail and goes right back to eating acorns and I'm like you've <laughs> got to be fucking kidding me so so I turn my I like I cut my hand and I, I bark again like real loud three times now he kind of like jumps a little bit spins around looks directly at me walks to me to about 10 yards, looks up and down, moves his head up and down, and goes right back to feeding on anchors. I'm like, I'm about to stand up and be like, dude, fucking leave. Like, you know what? <laughs> like it's, at this point, it is like quarter till eight. I'm like, you know, freaking Daniel's going to be like, oh, he's at the freaking bar again. Like, you
3: know,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to go. Like, you know, but finally I freaking started like, you know, like, hissing at him like a coon would do, and then I kept mixing, barks, and finally he trotted off, but, I mean, literally, like, it took forever for that buck to finally give up on those acorns and just finally be like, okay, something for sure isn't going on, like, something for sure is not right, I'm just gonna walk off, but, I mean, it was like... It was everything I had, not to just, like, I was about to just yell at him and be like, okay, I'm just going to start talking to him.
3: <laughs> until he <laughs> Come
0: back tomorrow <laughs> like, oh, in yeah, the daylight. Dude. Fuck. I know. It's,
4: it was so it's so crazy. up. P- There's crazy. So, a lot of people
0: think you're crazy for that.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and it's just, I mean, it's like, you know, I would much rather get a buck to, to, to scamper off like that than, if you just start coming out of that tree or you you just decide you're going to start letting your bow down or you're just going to act normal and he actually realizes what's up there, in my mind that's where you're in
3: trouble because
4: now he knows like, okay that right there is something that should not have been there i seen it, I know for a fact that that was definitely not supposed to be in that tree and now it's like, your tree's pegged, that spot's pegged, like I was barking into my hand to where it was echoing down through this valley to where he knew the direction but he really honestly couldn't like pinpoint what exactly. I mean, it was right. a dog, you know. Yeah. It was a dog. He's he's heard millions of dogs bark over the years, I'm sure. So it's like it was one of them deals where it's like finally he had had enough. But he really didn't even run away. He just kind of like scampered off about 10 yards and then started a slow steady walk directly away from me i i waited till i could not hear him at all anymore and i never turned the light on just took my time got out of my tree got my shit, and you know got out of there but i mean
0: i've seen too that like bill winky will do that too he'll have people come in and start a chainsaw off in the distance or do a coyote howl or and uh one of my buddies dana pace he's got i remember him getting me sending me snapchats of his son coming to pick him up like on the county road and there'd be a bunch of deer out there and you can hear his son going Oh yeah, like to scare all the deer off because they're used to that shit. You know, they hear they hear it every night. Yeah, yeah, or dog barking or whatever. It's just like if they smell a coyote track. Like me and Tank been watching some of these videos. They don't care if they smell a coyote track. That shit's that's normal shit. Um. So what I'm gonna do? I'll hit you with a few questions of my own, and what we're gonna do? We're gonna dive into this rut hunting, um, hunting the rut, hunting the pre-rut, and then we'll kind of we'll go from there. Um. And we have a lot of Instagram questions and some Facebook questions. that are going to take up a lot of time, so I want to chisel through some of those. Um, something I know you've killed some of your biggest deer early October, Clint, and yeah. I know I'm starting to learn too. Is what I think there's a lot of big time iconic whitetail hunters in our in our industry and in and, and our passion to where everyone has a different tactic and everyone is kind yeah. of like specific in their own. Um, the, the things that they do. And something yep. that like I'm trying to be better at too, um, especially lately, and I think that everyone in our industry, anyone that's interested in learning more um, about hunting, uh, which I think most people who listen to podcasts are in that realm, I think we need to quit judging people for like, well, he thinks this, that's wrong, and he thinks this, that's wrong, because I do this. But I think guys should be like, well, this guy just hunts this way, and he finds success that way, and this guy hunts this way, and he finds success that way. So like what? nothing ever is the final word because 100%. how Bill how Bill Winky hunts the rut or how the juries hunt the rut is going to be different than you know how, I hunt,
4: how I'm going to hunt the rut
0: yeah how you hunt the rut how like yep. Dan Enfald to hunt the rut how some of yep. these other yep. big time guys a lot of guys I consider underground that aren't yep. um, aren't like in the main mainstream um, I, you're in that category Clint. Um, mm-hmm. I just think everyone has different tactics that work for themselves, but also like if you watch a jury now, it just seems like they're they're mostly box blind hunters now.
3: Yep, absolutely.
0: And so had, like Bill Winky too, it's like not 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 exclusively, but a lot of it's like box blind food plot hunting, which is yep, cool. Ab- and but it's absolutely. not always relatable. Right.
4: Absolutely. And um, you know, it's it's funny you it's funny you brought that up because I had a conversation not that long ago with a guy who's really good uh, mutual friends with Mark and Terry. And, you know, they changed their philosophy to food plot and box blind hunting a few years ago, mainly because they felt that on their farms they didn't need to go in and pressure the interior and hunt the timber. Instead of all-day hunts, they were hunting basically food and transition areas early and then food and transition late and kind of leaving the bedding and the timber for pretty much the deer to just kind of chill out and that scenario on their farms the success went through the roof because they don't have to step foot in bedding they don't need to go down in the timber those 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 deer don't get pressured outside of their own pressure so yeah they are coming to feed the does are coming to feed the bucks are coming to the does that strategy honestly is dynamite now flip side you go to my farms where it's little chunks. I got neighbors hunting. I, you know, I've, I spend more time. Sometimes I feel like I spend more time trying to hide from people than I actually do hunting because if people see my truck somewhere, they, they just assume, oh, he's hunting a big buck there. I, you know, I need to figure, you know, I need to be hunting close by or blah, 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 blah. If you try that tactic with my farms, which are pressured, smaller, uh, not near the buck to deer ratio, you will literally never punch a big buck tag i mean maybe once every 10 years with that tactic of just hunting food plots and just hunting field edges right that that is not going to produce results for me but two totally different
0: scenarios yeah so let me ask you this clint because i see that is if you have the situations with properties how they have yeah that's almost like a no-brainer of course that's gonna work like the deer aren't feeling that that pressure Oh, um, no! Not long. We were watching some videos with uh, Cody DeQuisto from XOP, yep. and he yep. was saying how that I love that guy's style and his theories yep. and like uh, his his hunting tactics, where yep. he's not scared to tromp around in the woods a little bit and find nope. the most recent sign and get on that recent sign. Is that something you do as well, or and that and including that, do you hunt mornings in October too? Uh, the two questions in one.
4: It's funny you bring up. Cody DeQuisto because his dad back when he was with Lone Wolf, because I mean he's pretty much the originator of, you know, Lone, Lone Wolf, and, Wolf. And back yeah, back when he is all, oh, yeah. That dude when I first met him, it was at, I believe it would have been oh God, I don't even know what year, but he was at the Deer and Turkey Expo in Ohio with Lone Wolf Stands. And uh that dude his philosophy of hunting big bucks, honestly, is part of my foundation for what I do. And the reason for it is because a lot of his philosophies, to me, make a ton of sense. Like, uh, the, the main when I hear his name, the first thing that comes to mind is buck bedding areas. His philosophy is that a buck beds in a spot that if you kick him out of that spot, the spot did its job. That buck will come back to that spot because that spot allowed him to not be killed, to either hear you, smell you, or see you get the hell out without getting killed. He will return back because that spot allows him to stay alive. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how many times I've went in tight to a buck, busted him out, and came back a day or two later and either seen him, shot at him, killed him, had an encounter, whatever the case may be i follow that dude man hard that that guy's aggressive tactics in october in the right scenario if i think i can get in on a buck and it's october 15th and it's going to be morning dude i'm going in i mean i because the way i look at it on my farms when a buck is making a mistake i've got to capitalize i don't give a shit what time of the year morning, evening, noon, whatever, because on my properties, that buck, will he's not going to be there forever. I mean, he might be there right now, but in a week from now, dude, there could be a neighbor that, that's pressuring uh, the neighboring farm that, that makes that deer uncomfortable, and he, he completely leaves the area, or the farmer down the road cuts the bean field, now all the deer are over there. I mean, so his, his aggressive style is honestly why i've sort of molded my hunting kind of into the way it is 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 a lot of his theories make sense to me because of the 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 farms i hunt the style i hunt um i've always thought he is one of the greatest if not the greatest big buck hunter out there bar none period bar none
0: yeah that's incredible i love you know if because i think most people would think that if you jump a buck from his bed, you're never going to oh, see him again. Yeah, it's right. oh, yeah, it's over.
4: Right. Oh, and that's and dude, that that cannot be further from the truth. Mainly because if you think about it, like a buck is bedding in in a, in a spot for for two key reasons. Number one, obviously, to stay alive, and and number two is because there's there's features there that he is comfortable with. So, you know. You, you take a buck and, and, and put him in a spot that he's comfortable and then he spots a hunter or a coyote or whatever and now he stays alive because of that spot like why would he ever why would he leave that spot I mean that that spot is doing everything he needs that spot to keep him alive and make him feel comfortable now I'm not saying if you bust him out 10 or 12 times in a month span I mean now you know in that case yes he's probably going to get tired of you constantly you know, I mean, in a there's dick bag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a fine line there, don't get me wrong, but so many guys are like, um, I, I've had so many people message me or, or see me and ask me this question. Dude, oh my God, I'm ready to cry. I busted this buck out of his bed last night. Um, how long should I wait to hunt him again? I'm like, tomorrow. And, like, <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I would go right back and hunt him tomorrow because chances are... He's gonna be right back in there in the next 24 to 48 hours. Dude, DeAndre DeQuisto, that crazy ass, that giant typical, I think it's still the number one typical in Wisconsin. It was like 23, 24 wide. It's like a it's like a six by seven or a seven by seven. Mm-hmm. He busted that, he busted that buck in the morning. I'm pretty sure he did not leave that tree. Stayed the night in the tree till the next day to make sure he could beat that back to his bed, and he killed the freaking thing the next day. He didn't even leave. He stayed the night. I mean, that dude That's a ruthless son of a bitch right dead. there. Dude, that's
0: a ninja. That's a modern-day ninja. Oh,
4: that's what I'm saying. And, and people, like, uh, I can't even remember. I think it's... I think it's for deer and deer hunting. I'm doing a whole article about debunk it's it's called debunking buck beds. And basically the entire article I'm talking about why and how we've all developed this concept that if you bust a, bu- a buck out of his bed, he's gone and how far from the truth that really honestly is. I mean, yeah, the whole it article makes perfect is based- sense though. Oh, yeah, I mean like well,
0: Clint, uh, let me ask you this too, man. Speaking of the whole buck beds thing, because that's like a big, 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 big topic right now. Everyone's talking about bedding and how to oh, hunt yeah. bedding and transition areas and all this. And people yep. are getting really technical. And I feel like I've said in the last few podcasts, it's almost too technical and people need to simplify yeah. things a bit. Because yep. it, it. I think really a simplified hunting plan is the best hunting plan. Um, yep. And I don't know if you agree with that or if you do think that getting more technical is better. Sometimes it calls for it but i think in general simple hunting tactics are the most effective
4: oh i agree i agree 100 my my tactics um are about as simple well i'll just be flat out honest and and this this will blow a ton of dudes freaking minds what i'm about to say but i never call and i never use sense. and i know right now everyone's like, "what? Oh, oh, heart attack. Oh, what?
3: No. <laughs> hold on. yeah, I, I i mean i you don't use um,
0: the slime. you don't use I've, you don't use I've, the rub slime.
4: no. no. i uh, i mean, back in the day? <laughs> no. no. i used to fiddle fart around um have i called some bucks in? yeah, i have. have i Got some deer to come into a drag rag or come into a little scent wick hanging from a tree limb? Yeah, I have. But in my mind, this is how I view hunting uh, whitetails and specifically mature bucks because that's that's honestly what I'm looking for every year is the most mature buck I've got on my farms. That's the buck I want to match wits with. And my philosophy is as simple as it possibly can get. And here it is. I want to be part of the deer herd, period. I do not want to go against the grain. I want deer to honestly just think that there's another deer around. So, you know, I'm not up in the tree banging and clanging my horns together all the time. Why? Because in all my years of hunting, I've literally heard two legit buck fights. Two. Two. So, in my opinion, when I'm hunting a big buck... The chances of me rattling that buck in are slim to none because he honestly probably doesn't even hardly hear any real buck bites throughout the year. Now, not saying that you can't hit your horns together and call a big buck in because in the right scenario, a buck that's all hot, he might hear that and say, oh, hell no, I'm coming in to check it out. So I'm not... Fucking you
1: pussies, know. I'll show you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. I mean, I'm not saying you're never going to do it. But for me, my philosophy is I want to be a deer, period. And I want funnels or um, I want structure. I want something to make a deer walk by me. I'm not trying to force or... I mean, all of us dudes, we have adrenaline, testosterone running through us. We want to make something happen. I'm going to fucking make a buck come in. No, not really. Actually, what you're going to do is you're going to scare the shit out of everything and sit there and twiddle your thumbs and get on Facebook for the next four hours because you've rattled for 20 minutes straight, and now nothing is in the area because you've blown it out. I mean, so that's just, you know, as far as being simplified, I'm honestly about as simple as it gets because I'm trying to basically be a deer, and I'm trying to think like a deer, and I'm not going to do anything to basically go against the grain just because I just don't think the odds are in my favor doing that. So.
1: Yeah, you're almost like uh, the new kid at school trying to in with the cool people, just do yeah, what they do, no, dude, just hang just, out, just, do nothing I'm crazy.
4: Just, I'm, I'm just trying to hang out. I mean, I'm literally <laughs> trying to be part of the deer herd. Like, I just want to blend in. I want to be in a tree. They they have no clue I'm there. Hopefully they don't smell me. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to hang out with the deer and to the point where they just walk around and they have no idea I'm even there. You're so,
1: trying to be a goddamn ninja is what you're doing.
4: Well, I mean, I'm basically trying to be Steve. I'm trying to be a badass. That's what I'm trying
0: <laughs> to be. <laughs> Alright, let me hit some questions here, Clint. We'll start with Instagram uh, just because I have it pulled up. Um, let's do... Some of these are a lot of joke questions and some I don't fully understand so I'm going to skip them. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um... Like I don't like they, I don't know people are fucking with you or something I don't know. Um, at what point during pre rut should you transition to all day sits? Nick McAdams asked that question.
4: All day sits. I'm a big fan. I, I love I love to jump in a good funnel or saddle or a, a, and maybe it's a, a log road along the side of a hill. You know somewhere where deer are going to naturally funnel into. Um I love to hunt that 10 to 2. I really like that period. So the minute that I'm seeing bucks kind of transition from that seeking phase into chasing to where they're going from looking for does to chasing does, the minute I start seeing that take place, all day hunts will now continue. Or or, or well, I should say they will start and they're going to continue from that point on until I feel like the rut is completely done. So like this year you know, here come around another couple days into that Halloween span. I'm telling you with that boon phase, you're going to be seeing a shitload of seeking and chasing. starting like from now, you know, anytime now till Halloween, the minute I start seeing that, um, especially with, with more mature deer, because here's the thing too. And this, this, this kind of spins off that question. Everybody right now thinks, Oh my God ruts in i'm seeing i'm seeing bucks out i'm seeing daytime movement no actually what you're seeing is you're seeing daytime movement from bucks because of look the colder weather pattern um we've had really good uh, we had a really good moon phase right in the middle of october which helped helped out dramatically also every year these little bucks two three-year-olds year and a the minute the weather starts to change, the minute you start into October, they're all puffed up. They're ready to go because they think the show is about to begin, even though <laughs> you're, it's 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 weeks out. But you've got all these little bucks running around with little man syndrome. I mean, they're
3: running around, <laughs> yeah.
4: and they're like, I'm about to whoop some ass. I'm telling you, I'm ready to breed does. And that's all fine and dandy, but you cannot base, or at least I do not base – what I'm doing off of seeing that. When I start to see mature bucks seeking, mature bucks chasing, mature bucks breeding, when I, I am basing that right there off of what I'm doing. So the minute I start seeing good mature bucks chasing and seeking, right now we're going to start hunting all day. At that point in time, the slip's going to get put in at work. See you guys in two weeks or until I kill my buck. Adios, amigos. Have fun building roads. <laughs>
0: All right. here's uh the next question uh let me see joe asks other than the rut when is your favorite time and tactic to putting a big buck on the ground we got a early. we got quite a few questions so we might want to
4: ch- early and late early season late season mainly because in my opinion big bucks can be patterned if if you want to put the work in and you, you can play the game smart um contrary to what a lot of people think a big bucks are lazy they really are and i mean a lot of them you know they're on a strict feed-to-bed pattern they don't like pissing with other deer i mean if you can figure out what they're doing and where they're going and how they're getting there and hunt those deer smart especially early and late late season especially after that rut that post rut phase they've got to put on weight they got to put back calories i mean those deer have to feed like there's no you know they can't just hit a button and say well i'm just going to go into mute phase they might have just lost 30 pounds in november like if they want to survive a cold winter which you know it's not like they know whether the the winter is going to be bad or not i mean that's just embedded in their brain they've got to feed they've got to put back that weight they got to get those calories back so for me early and late i mean the rut's great don't get me wrong but if i'm hunting a specific buck in the rut i have no clue what he's doing there is no way you're gonna keep tabs on what that deer is doing early and late i can kind of manipulate or yeah. keep up with what that buck's doing and that's why those two times in my opinion are the most deadly for a specific buck
0: like it i like it uh dick man hunts asks and we kind of covered this but i just want to hear you uh answer it do you ever use scent? if so what kind
4: no <laughs>
0: I do not. Okay, I know that was your answer. No, <laughs> no. no. Next
4: question. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, just just based off the fact that, in my opinion, I have yet to ever smell a scent of any kind that replicates in my head what an actual doe smells like in heat, or what a rutted-up buck smells like. Now, are there scents that, in my opinion, are semi-close? I would say so, but here's the deal: if I can tell there's a difference, a deer's nose is 967 times more powerful than mine. That son of a bitch is for sure gonna know the difference. So, (laughs) so 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 in my, you know, there again, I'm 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 gonna go back to the simplified version of hunting big bucks. To me, it's an alarm that screams something's not right versus. Oh, hey, this is a deer. I'm trying to be a deer. I don't want to raise an eyebrow. To me, scents and calls raise eyebrows. I don't like raising eyebrows, so that's why I just don't use them. I mean, I
0: wonder if, like, this, I'm just having a total Steve moment right now. But, like, you raise an eyebrow. I wonder if, like, store-bought scents smell like a stripper to, like, the everyday deer. <laughs> like, like how some whore been through here.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they're like, ugh, gross. Well, whores. Well, Goddamn Tammy was and, through here again. Fucking Tammy, goddammit.
4: Here's the other thing, too. Cinnamon,
1: come on down. Yeah.
4: Here, here's the other thing, too, that I don't think a lot of people think about this. But I grew up on a, um, on, on a dairy farm, so... Uh, my whole entire life I've been around heifers and cows that either were in heat, we're gonna come in heat, needed bread, we're bred. Okay. When that cow is coming into heat, or let's say it's a it's a heifer, the first time she comes into heat, she's got a distinct smell, okay? But but it is not this overwhelming smell that just encompasses the entire farm, the entire barn. Like if you're around her. Yes, you could smell it. But if you're let's say you're seven stalls down milking another cow, you're not gonna smell that. People <laughs> people will dump seventy seven ounces of Tink sixty nine on the ground and say
1: <laughs> Here I they don't come. understand.
3: <laughs>
4: I don't understand why aren't I can hear there him running just, now. <laughs> yeah. Why why are there not bucks from Iowa coming to this spot in Ohio? That's <laughs> no but, well.
1: Well, you I'm can't cross sorry, a river. But,
4: yeah, well, it's just like I mean, you know, <laughs> big
1: buck on the on the picture. <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, in in my mind, I also think we've ruined sense to begin with because of how we use them. I mean, people people think if I spray this whole can of buck bomb, there's sure to be a giant come by. Not really. Actually, all you've done is if a big buck does smell this wave of shit that you've sprayed in the air, he's going to be like, wait a minute, wait a second, Now, I mean, no real dough in heat is going to smell like that. Like 77 whores lined up down the road. I mean, it's just not to me it's not natural there again it's not you are not blending in with the deer herd you're you're right you're showing showing them that something is out of place i don't like doing that therefore no sense for clint
0: okay a lot of these questions are uh we're kind of answering them as we go which is cool because i think within that and your uh all day sits uh like getting a little more aggressive for the rut we've answered about 10 questions inside of all that conversation which is awesome um Tanner asks, I'm from Northeast Ohio. Do you prefer stand or blind when hunting at home?
4: I'm stands all the way um, based off of just one factor, and it's mainly preference. In a tree, I can see basically 360. Um, I personally like to be above and be able to, um, and this goes back to me doing so much Western hunting, I love using my glass. Um, I'm not saying one tactic is better than the other because, hey, look at Lukowski's and Drury's. They kill everything out of box I mean, box blinds are deadly. Ground blinds are deadly. I just honestly, I like being able to see. I like being above. I like being able to use my glass. I love tree stands. I would say 99% of my whitetail hunting is out of a tree stand. Probably, honestly, 99.9. 9.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Yep. Uh, Hundred uh, percent
4: for Jackson, my oldest son. Ground blinds, dude. Absolutely, he's seven. He moves. He fidgets. He farts. He he, he freaking. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a kid. Ground blinds, box blinds, can't beat him. I mean, so different scenarios, you know. But for me personally, nah, I'm I'm tree stands all the way. I I just I like being able to see. And during the rut, I think where a lot of guys fall off the map with the rut is they don't like keeping up with what the deer are doing i like being able to see as far as possible in the rut because prime example if the saddle half a mile away is constantly producing deer coming up and over all day long and i'm sitting over here only seeing a handful of deer the, the flashing green light's going to go off in my head of hey Get your ass there either now or tomorrow you need to be there. So I like yeah. I love I love the visibility in the rut. I mean yeah. I think if I think seeing what can't the deer Yeah, I mean it's just in a blind you, you need to keep it dark. So a lot of times you've only got one little hole open. Mm-hmm. Well, you're only looking at basically about 15% of what's around you. So mm-hmm. for me, I just I just don't that, it's hard for me to sit in blinds. It really is. I mean, yeah, just, I,
0: but, I, dude, I am not going to lie. When I have kids, yeah, I'll absolutely be all over that. But right. I At
3: this hate point, right no, lines, man. Yeah. I oh, hate no, them right I'm now. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So uh, now,
4: Clint, let me ask you this. Like, Are you the type of person to go in the tree stand a couple hours early or wait till first light so you can kind of see what's going on as you're going in? Or
1: do you have a tactic there?
4: Uh, I mean, if uh, – a lot of that situational like personally I like getting in early um if I do bump a deer I feel like whenever it's pitch black I-, I feel like there's a less of a chance of them freaking out just from my experience they scamper off they don't blow but I will say um two uh not two years it'd been uh, three years ago killed a really good buck smack dab in the middle of the rut and I, I went in late purposely because I wanted to see what the sign looked like walking in to this one stand. As I was walking into this one stand, I carried a climber with me just in case I saw something that basically caught my attention, and I did. About 100 yards away from where I had this stand, there was a shitload of fresh rubs and scrapes along this little uh, logging road that went down to this creek crossing. It was hot. And it was hot right now. Like, this had all taken place within the last 24 hours. I found a tree, climbed up. Six hours later, at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I killed a good buck. And honestly, that buck would have never – I would have seen that buck from the other stand. That buck would have never have got an arrow in him from where I would have been if I wouldn't have done what I did. So in that scenario, um, it paid off to go in late and actually basically scout while I was heading in to hunt.
0: But it's not it's not something you do all the time. You'd rather go in a little bit, you know
4: I mean, I like I like to get in early just for the if you're gonna bump deer factor, I feel like they don't freak out. So based off of that, yes, I like to get in Yeah. Um, so you'd rather I like, like almost
1: you know, one day get in the stand and then maybe see where they're going, made the next ridge over and then you're like, Okay, I gotta get over there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah.
4: you know, I mean, like I said though, I will say there's been time I mean I'm I get aggressive during the rut. So I mean, it's I've been known to hunt till 10, see deer doing something else, get down at 10:30, rip the whole freaking set down, move my ass over 200 yards, put it back up, and by 12:30, I'm in a different spot in a tree ready to rock and roll. I mean, I yeah. just the minute I see deer are doing something and I'm like, "Okay, I've seen 3 bucks do this, I've seen 5 deer do this." I do not wait because tomorrow that woods could be stone cold. So I'm I am trying to get in there right now where the action is now honestly that's why i love to climb i love running my lone wolf climber in the rut because i can literally be down a tree and up another one in 10 minutes i mean i just i love to hunt with a climber in november just just for the mobility factor
1: yeah
0: papa right. dave that's papa dave's favorite tactic oh, right there
4: yeah. oh yeah that's a great tactic. it's great
0: he's got the climber back out this year man i think i want to hop oh, on the yeah. climber or the saddle yep, i, I awesome. love it um let's see um Let's hop to Facebook now. We got most of those questions have been answered already. On we we answered a lot in one, which is kind of cool. Like just in, within conversation. Um, so some of these on Facebook are more detailed. Let me uh, let me find one here. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll just I'll just chip through them. Hogan Smith asks, I hunt eighty acres mainly bedding. CRP and cedars. Um, I do have a half acre food plot of oats, clovers, and greens. bunch of does on the property, but the one house across the road has two dogs that consistently chase deer. I've showed the guy picks, but not a whole lot. not, not a whole lot I can do. What type of strategies would you use to hunt this with dog issues that aren't ever really going to go away? Would you hunt as normal or change something up besides find somewhere else to hunt? That's a tough question. That's a weird question. Well,
4: and, and, a unique in, one. In my in my opinion, and, and I've battled dogs before, um, chances are, because of the dogs, you're not going to have a ton of deer in that food plot in daylight. Mainly because of the security factor of they're going to be worried of being spotted perhaps by the dogs in daylight. So I feel like I feel like if I'm on that property, if I'm on that piece, what I'm going to do is...
0: Kill the dogs and bury them with an excavator on the back 40. Oh, well,
4: my I'm God. Well, I'm just going to say...
3: I'm
0: just kidding. Say, <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah. everyone. Jesus
1: Christ.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, well... What dog? We could
2: put...
4: We could put... I'm we kidding. Could dog, we could sub dog food in WD-40 and go with that <laughs> Okay, <dog>. easy. <laughs> All right. We're no, kidding. I'm kidding. We're... I'm kidding. Yeah, totally, totally kidding. Hey, no. I'm a dog lover, Okay. Uh, The dog thing is a real issue. Like I said, I've battled it. So I'm going to say this. I think you need to go into the timber, uh, especially during the rut. Um, Just because there's dogs around, you're not going to keep – that's not going to keep bucks from still coming in to check those does. So in my opinion, um, you need to get in tight to those does. I don't think you're going to have a ton of daylight movement on that property. So I really think you need to hunt close to doe bedding or close to where does are going to frequent – during daylight, which is probably going to be like like the, the, your thicker stuff. If you've got cedars and CRP, I really feel like your deer are going to be back in there during daylight. You're not going to probably have a lot of food plot activity in daylight, so I'm going to go in deep. I'm probably going to get aggressive as far as getting in tight to those does. Not every buck in the area is going to know about those dogs, so you're going to have other bucks coming in that really don't give a shit because they don't know about the dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to capitalize on one of those bucks coming into where those does are bedding. So basically. You need to stick tight to the does figure out what they're doing where they're bedding get in tight to them the food plots great and all but honestly with that pressure i really don't think daylight activity is going to be real high on that farm Mm -hmm. outside of bucks coming in to check those does i don't think you're going to have a ton of deer filtering into that open food plot because of the dog pressure so i think you need to get aggressive and and get into where the deer are but now Here's where the simplified hunting tactics come in. I would not blow any calls. I would not use any sense. I mean, throw all that shit out the window on your way to your to your hunting spot because you need to basically get in there, hang tight, and not be seen or heard and let bucks do their thing. And hopefully you're on the downwind side of a doe bedding area and a bruiser comes walking by 20 yards and you're sticking. That would be mm-hmm. how I'd hunt that place. I, I, would, I would not rely upon anything other than basically structure and doe bedding area to dictate where i'm going to hunt that's that's what i would base it both off of i mean a good funnel between two doe bedding areas or a good thicket in between bedding areas or or a good bedding area in general that's where i'm going to put my money on that piece of property for sure
0: i think that's super solid advice hogan smith let us know how that plays out man hopefully that helps you good luck brandon chase asks clint were you in as much shock as the rest of the world when finding out Steve shot a buck? <laughs>
4: nope. I had I had nothing but confidence. I mean, he paid me big money to drive out there, put an arrow in that buck. I knew I could make the shot. <laughs> so then it basically just came down to my photography photography skills at night, which they actually came out really good. So realistically, no, I mean, I knew I could make that shot. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, man, I, knew, I knew Steve would get it done. Uh man he's been under a lot of pressure and and he's you know he's got everybody kind of riding him. but honestly i think steve's starting to get the bug um it's been fun to watch him kind of grow and kind of mold into like i can just tell from the podcast he's he's getting more into what i'm gonna call like the technical side of bow hunting like it's not just like
0: well technical for steve which means like fifth grade level
4: yeah exactly but like for him he's I feel like he's growing more into a bow hunter versus just a guy that flings some arrows and is on a podcast. Like, I think he's, I think he's starting to like go to that direction. And and and, dude, hey, here's the deal. And I want everybody to to pay attention to this because this this really bothers me. Listen, you shoot a buck like Steve shot that buck. Most guys are gonna be like, oh, it's a small buck, dude. Fuck that, Steve. <laughs> shot that buck. You shot that buck, dude, he got your he got your blood flowing, he got your adrenaline going, he got your heart pumping, he got you excited, because here's the deal, if those things wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have shot that buck. Be proud yep, of that yep, shit. Yep. I'm so tired of these dudes shooting a smaller buck, and then they're like, oh, he's a mature buck. Dude, it ain't a mature buck. Don't say that. Oh, he's a call buck. Dude, it's a two and a half year old. It ain't no fucking call buck. Dude, be proud. Right. You were jacked up. That deer came in, it got you pumped. You shot it with a freaking bow. You made a kill shot with a bow on a deer. And my, I mean, dude, I, I hunt all over. I hunt, name a species, and I, I've either hunted it or I'm going to hunt it. I have killed it. Whitetails are fucking hard to kill. They are hard mm-hmm. to kill.
3: You, <laughs> dude,
4: I don't care if you shoot a 100 inch six point or a, a freaking 220 inch 14 point. You shot it with a bow, dude. Like, own that shit. Be proud of that. Like, the, the, dude, I'm so tired of these guys that are like, well, this isn't the buck that I wanted, but nah, fuck that, man. You shot it. I want You be that shit. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, we were talking so, about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I
4: was pumped. I was pumped for Steve, dude. Steve looks jacked in the photos. He's sounded love, like He was pumped.
0: I won't like, tell man. any of the story, but like, we're gonna cover the story here on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we can get together. We're gonna talk about all our kills that we had. Uh, yeah. My buck, Steve's buck. Uh, Doug just shot a doe. Uh, Eric's got oh, a good yeah. story. Um, but dude, Steve, when. I went out and helped Steve track that deer. I'll just give, like, a quick, just his excitement. When yeah. we, we were trailing that blood, I found it because he was like, oh, it was cordoned away. He gave me. I'm like, all right, well, it's probably good, but let me check. Let me come out there and help you. We we're on good blood. I'm like, dude, this deer's dead, man. Yeah. When we saw that deer laying there from, like, 20 yards, we tracked it in the dark. Steve yep. was so jacked, dude, you would think it was a 180-inch deer. Yeah, dude, and that's, that's,
4: that's what I mean, man. That's odd Like, dude, like, hats off. Kudos to him, man. That's, that is – I just I get so tired of people getting caught up in the inches game and we're getting caught up in the oh well it's a call buck. That ain't a fucking call buck, dude. It's a two and a half year old eight point that goes one ten. Just own that. Just 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 own that. Be be proud of that. Like I don't want to hear this. Well, I thought uh, it's it's a smaller book, but it's mature. No, it's not. Don't come on, guy. Like, dude, come on. That's a two and a half year old. Like, don't, don't don't
3: make this. Like,
4: don't make this something that it's not. Be proud of that. Like, I don't care if it's two and a half year old or not. If if it got you to shoot it, then it got your blood pumping. It got your heart rate up. It got you excited, or you wouldn't have shot it. So. Why now, when you get up to it, because you're about to put it on Facebook, because you're afraid of what people are going to say, uh, what they're going to think, now all of a sudden you're going to backpedal? Mm-hmm. Dude, screw that. Screw yeah. that, man. Be proud of that shit.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, Dude, that's true. A lot of people do it. in a
4: bunk, a doe, whatever. You shoot it with a bow?
0: Dude. Let me add this, bad. though, too. Like... We only got one negative comment on Steve, one legitimately negative comment. I cut out all the sarcasm, like brotherly love type comments because there's a lot of those. But I I can tell that there was one comment on Uh, Instagram and I deleted it immediately because I same thing. Like everything you just said, Clint, I was like, fuck that. Like yeah. Steve is so jacked about this yeah, deer. Man. I'm not what gonna let a negative comment of someone no, go on no, and bring like him fucking, down.
4: Yeah, yeah rain on his for parade. Sure.
0: Yeah, Steve so strived what? to kill his first buck with a bow, yeah, and, dude, he it, it, and he did it. And he exactly, and he's repping it. And some yeah. dude's like, "Why didn't you just shoot a doe instead of that?" I'm like, first of all, yeah, if dude, it's his own private on. property, go fuck yourself. Yep. Yeah. If yeah. there's a problem Absolutely. with it, we can have a discussion in person. Steve's proud of this deer. Like yep. let him have his fucking moment, bro. Yeah,
4: yep. man. and that's and dude, that's the thing. Like, there's so many people out there that there's everyone is so quick to judge, mainly because of greed. Like, I mean this this sounds this sounds terrible.
0: Well, fuck, you guys got shit. Doug and Eric got shit for shooting mule deer in Nebraska. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. All kinds I'm of shit.
4: Shooting. Hey, oh, I'm sure. And that's the thing is, it's there's so many people out there that. And this is what honestly kills me about the hunting industry because the hunting industry, I, I've been in it a long time and I've seen the ups and downs. And this is one of the nasty negatives of the hunting world that I really wish would change, but I don't know if it's going ever going to. There's so many people out there that would rather kick you. When you fall in the mud puddle, they'd rather fucking kick you and kick more mud on you than lift you up. It's like that 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 greed and the desire to belittle somebody because yep. they're not happy to success or because you've got the little bit of limelight that they want and it's like man oh man like we're yep. we're all forgetting what what bow hunting actually is exactly I mean, I mean, bow yeah. hunting is a passion it's something that you love to do if you you know if, if uh, like like kurt you shot a nice buck he shot you shot a, a beautiful eight point the other day now i'm sure there's gonna be i'm sure there's guys out there that saw that buck they're probably like Oh, that's a nice buck, but wh- why didn't you wait for one bigger? Yeah, okay, all right. T- t- time out, time out. You know, like, r- hold on, relax, relax. So you're mad or or you're going to be negative because Kurt, who used his buck tag, shot a buck and tagged it, like, not trying to be a dick, but in plain words, what the fuck do you care? Like, wh- right? What well, no, I, I mean, I mean you, yeah.
0: you can be a dick in that case because... Like, like, i shot it <laughs> yeah. yeah
4: i mean like okay uh, uh, i mean you know i know personally you've shot uh I, I think a couple eights that are bigger than that eight.
0: Oh uh, yeah dude, deal. this deer's is not close to my biggest eight
4: right right but 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 here's the deal it's a beautiful buck you told me the story as soon as you killed you know you, you, you were telling me how he come charging in blah blah dude you'll never forget that you'll never forget that
0: hunt. oh yeah never dude forget that moment. Like, it was it was one of the craziest like I don't know. I, I love the story. I can't wait to tell it in like for, full detail on a podcast yeah, coming right. up soon. But yeah. I was so jacked, and it was the first time after shooting that deer that I've ever felt like I was going to vomit. And I, yeah, I've, I've seen sorry. that reaction. The guys say that. Yeah. My stomach literally felt like someone grabbed the bottom of it and pulled it inside out like a shirt. I Actually, <laughs> I, I felt weird so bad that I videoed myself. And yeah. here, I can, I'll play the – well, I can't because I'm on the phone with you. I was going to say I'll play the video, the audio, but – I uh you could tell in your voice when you called me that you were kind of I was shook up dude. I oh called yeah. everybody everybody from the podcast. I called immediately in the, from the stand. And uh I videoed myself because I wanted something in case to do something for Carbon TV or something. Sure. And I'm like I I don't know if you can tell in the video but you can tell in my voice like I felt sick. And I've never <laughs> yep. felt I've killed some you know I've killed clean 8 pointers with a lot more wrenches on him than this deer yeah. and i yeah, haven't right. got that sick and yeah. i don't know what it was it's weird how some i don't know yep. how it works out i sometimes. got so jacked and i watched him fall in front of me it was like the craziest thing and yep. he he's a high 130s eight i think mid 130s oh, eight yeah. pointer all day and i'm 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 the eight point king you are yeah. but
4: oh yeah dude you've got some stud eights and i mean he's a stud no i mean dude You get an eight, I mean, for all the inches guys out there that, 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 you know, get the rocks off on the inches game, like, I get it. You get an eight to go 125, 130 plus, that's a big eight. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's a big eight. Yeah, it's only
0: three times the measure.
4: Yeah, you've got three times the measure, so you better have good beams, you better have good mass, you better have some width, because if not, you ain't touching Pope and Young or 130 with an eight point, period.
3: Right,
4: So, you know, but yeah anyway not 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 to get us off the direct topic on no, our yeah. but i just want to <laughs> i just wanted to, to once again bring that to like the centerfold of, no i think of, that's you know?
0: important man i think especially and yeah. yeah. what i love is like the biggest guys in our industry is bone collector and bone collector is hitting that really hard too yeah and what i noticed was one of the first people to like steve's photo was waddell
3: Really? Yeah. Was one absolutely.
0: of the was one of the first people to hop on and like that photo, and I knew because yep. he's been posting photos like, yep. "Don't deer shame, like shoot what makes you happy." Because yeah, each absolutely. individual, and the thing oh, is, like absolutely. it's private property. Like someone yeah. in Southern Illinois, does they're like, you. "Why'd you shoot a mid 130s 8 I'm like, yeah. "Well, Who first cares? of all, fuck
4: off!" Right? <laughs> like okay. if it was
0: public ground, maybe. Because if you went to the same public ground, be like, "Oh man, that's." well he could have passed well yeah maybe I could have but even then too but it's on oh. my private property that yeah. I'm hunting yeah like what does it affect those people whatsoever no, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. and the thing is too is I think I'm kind of like I went to there. I hit a point in my hunting where I'm like it's gotta be this big or bigger to shoot it now yeah. I'm like it's gotta be yeah a certain caliber like I'm not gonna shoot like a real young deer but yeah. like my butt came in hot if that gets me that jacked up and Dude, he comes in, and I smoke
4: it, his ass.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like that's what it's all about. Yep. yep. Don't get me wrong. Now that I have a, I have in Illinois, we can kill two bucks with a bow. This next buck tag is going to be for a bruiser. I mean, not. Yeah. I'm not saying that I I didn't want to shoot a bruiser before, and I was going to settle for something less. But now that I got a good solid buck, and I'm yep. super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to be a little more selective, knowing yeah. that I have one buck tag. Yep. But. If that buck came in again this weekend, the same way he came in, yep. I'd be bucked out this weekend. Yeah, that's right. I'll yeah, tell you that right I, now. And, and if I had the same exact feeling, I, I don't care. I'll mount them both right next right, to each other. Right. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah. The thing is, I like to kill deer more than I like sitting in a tree stand being cold. That's the bottom line. I do. That's right. right? Right. I like to kill deer and eat deer meat more than I like being miserable waiting out for real, real big bucks. If I can kill 180 every year,
3: well, well, fuck,
0: I would. Right. Um,
4: Well, the, the thing is, too, is, you know, I think a lot of people put themselves in a position to where they force themselves to pass a deer that they honestly wanna shoot and they would be thrilled with because they're afraid of Joe blow on Facebook to be like uh would you shoot that buck for like dude like what the fuck like
0: yeah i, mean, I agree I with you get, I'm-
4: i just get like i get so like uh god what's the word like agitated i guess would be the word yeah. whenever i see whenever i see that because like for me i climbed I had to climb the bow hunting ladder and, and I would I would go up two rungs and fall down three. Like it just seemed like it took me a long time to honestly really start to like get in to good bucks and get and get good bucks killed. Like it just I was always so close, but I would I would have a, a, a plain words a fuck up here or there that would cost me a whole season, whether it was shot over the back of one mm-hmm. or I moved yep. where I shouldn't or I was always into big deer. But so I had to climb into that 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 but, that realm and I started off with I mean I'll never forget the first good buck I killed with a bow with and he was literally he was 117 inch eight. So to most people that's not even that good of a buck. To me, it was a it was a a four and a half year old eight, short times, but good mass. I'm like, dude, this buck looks like a bull with horns. I was so pumped, so pumped to kill that buck. And like, then it was like, okay, all right, I shot this buck now. I, I want to try to get in on something a little bigger. And then I got you know I mean, It's like I climbed the ladder. I see so many yep. guys that they don't want to climb the ladder. They just, they just automatically are like, well, if it ain't a 170, I'm not shooting. No, wait a minute. Now, hold on a second. You've never killed a buck with a bow, number one. But all of a sudden, you're a 170 hunter now. What happens – when a 170 does walk out at 32 yards and you got to make that D- shot...
2: Cameron's
0: raising his hand re- in the studio.
2: I am so guilty of that. It's not even funny. I've been having this conversation <laughs> with you for the last two days.
4: And, yeah. And, and, and here's 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 what I...
0: I had to pee so, for a minute, so I came back on the tail end of that. So if yeah, you talked some yeah. shit and I just volunteered you for that, I'm sorry.
2: No, <laughs> no, I was actually
4: going no, no, to fuss up to it. Here's the only thing that I, I will say to that is... For me personally... Um, and my background with archery is when I was younger, I had my, my pro card, and I was shooting indoors. So, I mean, my, my, my background with shooting a bow, um, you would say, is I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. Now, when you would take me indoors, I could shoot 360Xs on five-spot games all day long, no problem. But I practice that constantly. Mm-hmm. you'd take me in the deer woods I'd shoot does all day long because I I killed a bazillion of them I shot a bazillion of them but when I had to go in and make a 40 yard shot at a buck so basically I need to hit a basketball at 40 yards now mind you I'm used to shooting at dimes and nickels at 20 and, and hitting 60 out of 60 of those this should be no problem but because that situation I had never you don't get to practice that very often
0: so, you're at, out you're at of your element
4: yeah, you're, you're 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 in a situation that you you really I don't care what anybody says. You cannot replicate shooting at a live animal. I don't care how yeah, much pressure different. how much pressure your buddy puts on you at a 3D shoot. I don't care how much money's at stake shooting a five spots. Dude, I've shot Vegas. I shot the same bail as Rio Wild, Levi Morgan. There is not there was not as much pressure during those days as there was back in august when i had to make a long shot on an antelope or yeah. last year last year a buck the big six i hunted 97 days for that deer 37 yards quartering away that was one of the most high pressure shots i've ever had to make in my life because i knew what was at stake yep. i had never I, I hadn't drawn my bow back the entire year on a white tail until that january 13th day i knew it was at stake like the it's just when you're in those situations, it's hard to replicate that. And I tell guys all the time, how are you going to kill a 170? Like, like you know, uh, Johnny Miller down the road. I'm, I'm not, I'm not shooting though, I shoot a 170. But you've never killed a buck with a bow. It don't matter. Yeah, it does matter because when a 170 steps out of 34 yards, you're, gonna you're gonna gonna your shooting razor off. blades yep. so bad because you've <laughs> never <laughs> shot. You know, I mean it'd be different if you've killed say 20 deer with a bow okay all right all right that's you know you've got a pretty solid foundation for calming yourself down you know talking yourself through the shot but when you jump into bow hunting and just go you know what yep i can drill targets at 90 i can drill targets at 100 put a 170 in front of me at 30 he's done okay you let me know how that <laughs> works. Hey, hey, that's a hey, good yeah.
0: point, Clint, because, oh, sorry, I cut one you No, yeah, hey, Clint, hate to cut you off, but uh, I got to head to work, brother. Later, man, working class bowhunter right there, yep. right there, hey, leaving the to podcast to go to work.
4: Well, now that I know that you're leaving, I'll, I'll probably head over to your place and see what the old lady's up to. Uh, <laughs> she, she's
0: there waiting for you.
4: <laughs> All right. I'll take Dan. I'll bring Danielle with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds like I might head over there. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Eric, shuff one out here. We'll see you Friday.
4: Yep.
0: Good luck this weekend, Eric. Kill something, brother.
4: Yeah, no doubt, man. Good luck, brother.
0: Keep that light red. (laughs) All right, Eric's out of here for work. That's working class bowhunter at its finest, right there.
4: No doubt. Hats off to him.
0: Um, But no, dude, I love that you bring that up about that whole shot process. Because even Steve, you know, like Steve's a shot um, when he wants to be, especially. And he just hasn't drawn back and shot at enough deer that that comes with experience of Absolutely. the only thing that really gets you that familiarity of drawing back and even then like never the nerves never 100% go away. That takes oh, no. years, man. That takes years and years of shooting at deer. I think this is my 16th or 17th bow season, and I still get nervous. Um, and sometimes it transitions to either being nervous before or coming unglued right after the shot. Depends yep. on the year. Um, and I know we, you know, everyone in here kind of knows what that's all about. But, um, yep. but there's just certain guys, if you haven't shot a lot of deer, yep. a 40-yard-plus shot's way too far.
4: Yep. Oh, that's, and that's a big that's a big shot. I don't care what I mean.
0: Up until this year, my furthest shot was thirty five yards. Yep, and that shot was last year on a doe. Yeah, yep. And you know that's a long shot when you're nervous, and and it just it just depends. I went into this year saying I was I was calm, cool, and collected. My mindset was just I was relaxed, and I yep. made a. What is going on with it? I feel like I'm hearing like cutouts, but anyway, um, I went into this year I just felt good. And I made a 60 yeah. yard shot on a doe. Now yeah. if I wouldn't have felt good when I draw back, I wouldn't have shot at her at that far. Right. Yeah, cuz that would have been right. irresponsible of me.
2: Yeah. Well, we've yep. talked about it before when you draw back on a deer and you're like, "Oh, this deer is dead." Yeah. Like you yep. feel it. You're like, yeah. "Oh man, yep. this deer is about to be in my freezer." It's well, a
0: transition of like
2: if I, I it's like
0: when you first start, "I hope I kill this deer" to "Oh, this deer's dying." Yep.
2: Yeah, like, "Oh, always, I need to get to the locker right now." Right.
4: <laughs> I've always said my mentality um, from the competitive side of archery, the 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 mental factor that um, that I gained, or well, I, I I'm gonna say the mental edge that I gained from shooting and getting my ass kicked, mind you, from guys like Rio, uh, Levi, those guys, was when I draw that when I draw that bow back now on an animal because of the mental side of of shooting a bow that I've, I've, I've gained that edge, there's no question. I've always said, if you let me get my bow drawn back and I'm hunting you, in plain words, you're fucked. Because I'm going to now kill you. Plain and, and, and that's not me being cocky. That is confidence from yep. years and years and years of screwing up, fixing stuff, perfecting my form, shooting all summer, yeah. Um, you know, when I started out West hunting, um, and when I really got into it, that's a whole nother realm there because me and Kurt had this discussion this earlier this year. If you can't consistently shoot and feel comfortable at say 60, 70, 80, you may as well not go out West with your bow because I'm telling yeah. you right now, getting into those 30 and 40 yard shots on spot and stock animals, it's almost impossible i'm not saying you won't do it but me and uh i'm real good buddies of brian barney who in my opinion is the best public land bow hunter in america right now the dude just flat out gets it done top Crap tier the man the bad oh, dude, motherfucker if you will he, oh he, he is on a whole nother level him and dan both dude you put an animal at 78 yards calm and tell those two kill it you may as well get your fucking bags out and your knife sharp because that animal's dead. I don't, dude, it is automatic with them dudes because they've practiced it, they've done it, they know what it takes to make those longer shots. And I mean, when I started hunting out there with them guys, hunting out west, after my first year, I really sat back and thought about what I needed to change in my long-range game. I was pretty mm-hmm. good, but I was not as confident. When I drew my bow back at 70 and 80, I didn't have the edge mentally that I do at say 60, 50, 40, where you're dead. Yeah. It was it was well, I know I'm pretty good here, and I needed to change that. Um, just just through writing, from um, I do a lot of writing at Peterson's Bow Hunting. Levi Morgan and I. You know, we chat a lot because he writes a column in there every month. I've picked his brain on his philosophy, long range. I mean, that dude on camera shoots shit at 130, 120, no problem. I mean, there's there's no doubt in his. Best mind. archer
0: in the world, arguably. Oh, I oh, mean, but not oh, very he is, much. He is.
4: I mean, he is. He, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, overall, that, that dude is money, whether it's animals, five spot, 3D targets, shooting at a milk jug. I don't care what you want him to shoot at, it's, it's done. But. You know, to shoot long range, you have to get comfortable with being that far away, period. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no trick. There's no special sight. There's no special arrow. You just flat out have to get comfortable with aiming at long range. I mean, that's it. That's just the bottom line, and that comes from freaking shooting it. I mean, that's just – I practice at 120 and 130 all summer, so if I have to make an 80, 85 or 77 – 68 whatever i know i can do it there's no doubt in my mind you know i draw back this goat's dead i draw back this elk's dead this goes into the show
0: too is like we always say go shoot your bow and a lot of us we shoot our bows a lot and clinton this Mm -hmm. year did you got to come out to the working class bow hunter shoot um we haven't no for, doubt for 2019 we haven't announced a date yet i think it's going to be a little for everyone that's been there before i've heard about it probably mid-summer is what we're thinking now um it's mm-hmm. going to be pushed nice. back a little later so out past the turkey seasons and everything like that but yeah um nice. like you'll see a lot of the guys that are successful hunting and i'll even throw in some of our working class bow hunter crew a lot of the whitetail experience crew um, a lot of those yep. boys are we do a game called knockout where we shoot there's a circle on the target, and you shoot at 20, 30, 40, 50, as far as you can go, and if you miss, you're out of the game. And yep. there's a good handful of guys every year they are the same group of guys that are always in that 100-yard shoot-down. Yep. And yep. that just goes to say something. you know. It just shows you most people practice at 30, 40 yards, and then they're done. Yep. Yep. And then you have your other guys that are out there that shoot those 100 yards. It's a different ballgame when you start at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and then you get to 100, yep. you're a little more tired because – you got a hundred people watching you. There's prizes yep. on the line. Yep. People oh, are yeah. talking shit to each other. Oh, yeah. It's yelling it, shit. It, yeah, not ye- talking. Yeah, yelling. Yelling shit. It's a good... It's, yep. it's all fun, but it's um, it might be the closest thing that you can get to that, like, yep. shit, oh, shit, sure. I got to put it in the circle. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So you have to come no, out no. and uh, show people up, man. We'll put an antelope target down there for you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I'm... Um, I'm I'm usually pretty good at those, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's let's hit another question here, Jeremy yeah, Lindenbaum. Um, two questions, yep. Clint. When Local having
4: man. right down the right down the road from me, we actually share some properties. Like a, you know, we we both are on touching properties and whatnot. He kills some good bucks every year. So he knows he's got it going on.
0: Okay, okay, I did not know that. Um, yep. When having the mindset of focusing on one single mature buck for this season, do you have secondary? and so on bucks in mind for your scouting and game plan if something falls through for your number one. And I assume you're open-minded to take a 160-inch bonus buck if opportunity comes up. Second question. Or do you want to do one at a time? Does that make sense?
4: Let's do – yeah, let's do one at a time. So, um, for me, I honestly I, – I fall – I mean, I I just, I got to be honest. I I fall into the trap of, I I will fall in love with a buck, maybe two bucks, and it's going to be very hard for me to pull off those deer. Now, mind you, um, if I'm hunting, we'll we'll just say the buck's name's the the, the Big Ten. I'm hunting Mm -hmm. the Big Ten, and a 180 comes walking by. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not just going to, like, you know, I'm not going to let something that's ridiculous walk by me because it's not that buck. But for the most part, I honestly usually hold pretty daggone true. Well, I mean, realistically, I mean, I showed you a buck today, Kirk, that I let walk. I've let, well, I let that buck walk twice that most people that I've shown that to are like, what in the hell are you doing?
2: <laughs> yeah, but you're and, at a different level though.
4: Well, for me though, see, it's, I honestly love to play the single buck game that chess like a lot of people they get their rocks off on putting an arrow through a buck and don't get me wrong that's fun I love that but I get my rocks off honestly of sitting back and going I beat you like that's that that is what that's what drives me is I love to sit there and look at a buck that I just shot, and and it's not the, you know, ah, oh, fuck, I killed you, you're going to go on my wall. It's the, I beat you at your game. It took uh, me 97 days to beat the big six last year, and he is by far, he's not even, he wouldn't even be in my top 10 if we're going on score. Actually, <laughs> I, he wouldn't be in my top probably 12 if we're going on score, but. That deer was, was aged at eight and a half years old. Jesus. I, I had so much history and the, in plain words, he was so freaking smart. I just wanted to finally say, I beat you. I mean, that was, you know, shooting him was absolutely great. Don't get me wrong. Watching my arrow disappear behind that, you know, behind that deer's last rib. Cause he was quartering away and seeing it go blowing through the other side and sticking the snow on a minus 20 degree night <laughs> in the freaking middle of January was badass but honestly as that buck was coming in i knew in my head tonight was the night that's it that honestly is what really gets me is the i've beat you so it's hard for me to pull off a buck it really is now I like to have other bucks in mind because if my buck gets killed, maybe maybe he disappears and I literally cannot find him. Um, I am in the business of writing articles and getting pictures, so realistically, I mean, I kind of need to kill bucks. I mean, although <laughs> it, you know, although I'd love to say, well, if it takes me three years to kill that buck, I will. But also on the flip side, I love. To write articles and and, and I love to, to to get on and kill mature deer. So there's a there's a fine mm-hmm. line there. I mean, you know, but if my buck is around, oh, there's no doubt in my mind, and all my buddies would attest to this. I will go down swinging after one specific buck just because I want to stand over him and be like, I be I beat you. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just my mentality. Is is you know that's why I love to play the early-season, late-season game because it's there's more involved with the chess game than just flat-out luck of a buck running by you in November.
2: Yeah, right. So, yeah. so you brought up that deer a couple times now, the big six. Is that a clean yep. six then?
4: He actually had a little kicker that made him a seven, but he yeah, was basically yeah. just just a big a three-by-three, three, yeah. You
0: killed yeah. that deer, was it last year? We last went to... Year, uh, you were supposed to ATA. go to ATA with us. You had a piece of glass lodged in your piece fucking foot.
4: Yep, I had a piece of glass in my foot. I could barely walk. They were getting ready to, to take it out, and then they they did take part out. And then I wasn't supposed to be walking, but the conditions were just so perfect. I was like, I gotta hunt, and it was a. I was having <laughs> to like get myself up in the tree. I couldn't put much weight on this one side so to like hop up. Oh, dude, it was a son of a bitch. It was it was it's a wonder I honestly didn't fall out getting in or getting out, but uh, so yeah, I mean, to answer that question, I mean, like well, last year, last year I let a solid, for the inches guys, I let a solid, I'm going to say low ball 150 to 155 buck walk by on November 22nd or 23rd, one of those two days, um, walk by at 15 yards, only because the day before I had an encounter with that six, and I just, there was, I I just, I was, I was so pissed off that I could not kill that big six that I literally was like, I don't even want to kill this buck. I don't want to kill him. I want to kill the big six. Even though this other buck was 30 inches bigger or 25 inches bigger, whatever, my mind was made up. I'm not shooting that five-year-old. I want to kill this freaking seven or eight-year-old and say, I beat you.
2: And that's just, I say. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I've always wanted to kill like a big six. Yeah, dude. It's like like killing a big eight, but even better.
0: If you kill a, if you kill a big six that goes one twenty or bigger, you got a big six point on your hands, man. Yeah, oh yeah. It's ones and twos. Yeah, it's It's all you're getting scored. You get G ones and and G twos. That's it. Yeah. That's what was
4: so. That's what was so special about that buck is he was heavy, wide, tall. I mean, he just had everything. uh.
0: Austin Chandler did it last year. Shot a giant six pointer too. (sighs) I don't know yep, why yep.
2: they always intrigue me.
0: We gotta oh, dude, get uh, uh, a you. You got to meet Austin Chandler and Ross Bigger yeah. and Clark oh, yeah. at the at the oh, party.
4: Yeah. yeah, we had a hell of a good time talking big sheds and big deer. Yeah, he shot he shot a good six too. Yeah, it's
0: we need to get all you guys in studio on a podcast. It'd fucking blow my mind. That'd be
4: insane. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, that'd be a, that'd be that'd be a good one. Um, let's hit
0: part two yeah. of uh, Jeremy's question quick.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, uh, with, with all the tools and gizmos out there, does any of it compare to the two most important in my in my opinion, being PBA, positive buck attitude and knowledge. Let the people know.
4: In my opinion, the two best tools I've got in my tool bucket are determination, slash, just flat out desire to not quit, and patience. Um, yeah. I feel like.
0: That's the biggest thing I think is desire to not quit. You have to want to kill yep. a buck more yep. than you oh, yeah. like oh, a lot yeah. of other things. Oh. Yeah. Yep.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, it's it comes down to basically how bad do you want it? Because just like just like your guys' shirts say, chances are at one fifty is not just going to walk up to you and be like, "Hey, shoot me, bro." It's just not. <laughs> it's just. I mean, it's just like they're a deer's will to survive and will to live is so incredible that not only is it hard to smart them, but then you got to kill the fucking thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, it's, it's, I've learned over the years that you can have the newest bow, the best stand, the best farm. But if you don't have determination and patience, um, you're cutting 75% of your chances out just because it's going to take dedication and time to, to make it happen. I mean, and like for me, it's almost a sickness to the point where like I, I become obsessed with it. I mean, uh, my buddies, they always, they always like, uh, my, my, one of my, one of my good buddies, Adam Chaddock and my other good buddy, Ryan Birch, they, they, they hunt with me the most and they know me, They know my psycho whitetail side, as they call it, the best. Uh, They always laugh because they're like, dude, Clint's feet do not hit the ground in daylight in November unless he kills a buck. People are like, (laughs) what do you mean? They're like, he will hang in a tree during daylight from daylight till dark for weeks on end if that's what it takes until he kills. The whole month, it don't matter. He'll just – and they're like, yeah, but – Nobody can do that. And they're like, no, you don't understand. He will force himself. He will make himself. And it's just, you know, I just, I have the mindset of you got to be there to make it happen. And yep. and I'm not a superhero. I'm no better bow hunter than the next guy. But where I separate myself from people is, like I said, two things, passion slash determination and patience. I will outwork you and I will outwork. I will outsit you if that's what it takes to kill a big buck, and that's just that's just what I've always lived by. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm no nobody. I might go down swinging and not kill a buck this year, but it will not be because of lack of effort and patience. I guarantee you that. I might miss a shot. I might screw up and move when I shouldn't move, but I will not not fill a buck tag because of lack of effort. There's that that will never happen. No no way. Right. I just, you know.
0: I think personally, man, if you cut out all the other bullshit, you cut out all the tactics and game plan and all the fucking shit, oh. If you want to kill a deer really really bad and you're out yep. there and you're striving and you're trying to to just yep. get after it, if you yep. your odds will be in the favor eventually you'll kill one. And oh, the thing absolutely. is is like I tell a lot of people too is a lot of new bow hunters, you have to sacrifice. So, yes, sometimes you can get lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and our shirt is you can't trip into a 150. That's like consistently. You don't just trip into deer. Nope. Mm-hmm. Guys that kill yep. good deer don't. They're not just accidentally nope. doing it year after year. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it can happen once um but you te- you know those guys you can tell when that happens mm-hmm. yep. the thing is like yep. you have to sacrifice things you're skipping birthday parties you're skipping parties you're oh, you're, yeah. you're not going oh, to the I'm bar sorry. you're telling you're telling distant yep. friends to fuck off when they want to go see a movie yep. you're you're not going to church on sunday sometimes you're nope. you know you're you're sacrificing a lot of things to be successful hey, in the woods god,
4: god will forgive you because in heaven <laughs> In heaven, there's 30 packs, 150s, and double Ds, brother.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there well, better be, otherwise yeah. send me to hell, am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, no, dude,
4: you're, you're, you're 100% right, though, 100%. Yeah, I
3: mean, yeah, dude, yeah.
1: to jump on Curse Point, if you – in enough time, I truly believe every year you get a chance at a good buck. Oh, yeah, that's the oh, thing. Yeah, like, literally. ignore everything, go with the shotgun pattern method,
0: be everywhere as much as you can. Like, go here, go there, go there, hunt yep. as much. Eventually, you'll get a method, and that might be the tactic, but personally, I don't think it's the best. But I think if you're out there enough, you will get a chance. I'm saying at the bare minimum, if you just put so much time in, you'll get an opportunity. yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Oh,
3: yeah, it's. It's,
0: what are you doing, Clint? Are you are you like are you doing race? a drive by or what are you doing?
4: <clears throat> no, I had my dag on. I had my door open. Uh, <laughs> it's
0: the M D D spit bottle, I think.
4: <laughs> no, I had to take a pee. It's uh, it's one of those, it's one of those deals where it comes down to like like you guys said, how bad, how bad you want to kill a bot. Period. I mean. It's no different than going out west and walking sixteen miles a day. Kurt, you did it this year. How bad how bad do you want an elk? How bad do you want a mule deer? How bad do you want a white tail? I mean, it's yep. no animal's gonna walk up to you and be like, you know what, my life sucks, end it, kill me. It's just it ain't gonna happen. No there's it's not yeah, gonna yep. happen. So so to answer answer Jeremy's question, and and he knows this. He probably already knew what I was gonna say because you know, he, he knows, knows you. And, Um drive determination and patience i mean that's that's my i li- i will live and die as a bow hunter by those two key features for sure
3: well
0: let's go next question here danny green this was a good one clint on episode 185 you mentioned having an ass tat is this yep. true and if so do you think it brings you good luck i'm looking for tattoo ideas
4: yeah, um, I've got 13 or 14 tattoos. Uh, that tattoo hurt more than all the other ones
0: combined. I don't remember um, you saying this on one, 185 was a long time ago. Yeah, it a feels like. Long time like. ago. Uh,
4: basically, long story short, a, a good buddy and I played football our whole life together. Both played side by side on both ends of the ball. Um, we were basically at his dad's garage one night drinking in high school, which I know you're not supposed to do, but we did, (laughs) we were both drunk and he's like, dude, "Dude, we need to get matching tattoos. I'm like, I got a great idea. Although it was not a good idea, but at the time it sounded a great idea. I was like, let's take the, our, our school our, our alma mater was Malvern Hornets. So I said, let's take the green and white and black Hornet decal off our football helmet and get it tattooed. I'll get mine on my right ass cheek. You get yours on your left. And it just sounded like a great idea. So we did it. And I honestly feel like it gives me basically supernatural powers. I can make <laughs> long distance shots. Supernatural. Because, it, because it's on my right, it's on. Um, we actually flip flopped. So because of the side it lines on, it balances me out whenever I shoot my bow for sure. So, I mean, there was right. a rhyme and uh, a Extra ink weight. Absolutely. I thought you were going to so, say, because when
0: you guys spoon, it's, it levels you guys out when you cuddle. When well, you that, settle.
4: too. Yeah, that, too. And, and, and it's always funny to, you know, like, I can tell Danielle, I'll be like, ah, oh, you just got stung by the stinger. I mean. Damn. <laughs> That's amazing. She's going she's she's to hear this and be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. This is why I hate you. Oh. <laughs>
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's chip along. A lot of these have been answered. We'll just do this one quick. Zach asks, if you had to choose between morning or evening sits during the rut, which would it be?
4: Ooh, morning or evening sits. Well, I'm going to blow everyone's mind with this one. Um, if I'm going to choose a time frame to kill a big white tail, which usually I'm looking for a super mature deer, I honestly have seen probably more giants between 10 and 2 than any other time, but most of my hunting, if I can't hunt all day, um, I do a lot of evening sits, but I honestly, if I had my choice, would probably go with mornings.
0: Uh, well, let me ask I, you this, Clint. Let me throw this in there. You're going to take rutcation, what dates are you taking? Say it's November, Like, what are your prime days? Like, What days have you had the most success?
4: Rut- rutcation, for me, the 5th through the 9th. My birthday's on the 6th. I always said I was a rut baby for a reason. Um, the 5th through the 9th, typically, I've had more encounters, killed more, seen more, screwed up on more, missed more <laughs> in those four days, typically. Now, this year, um. Everybody knows I'm a big moon guy. Um, for those of you that don't know what a Yeah, you got a tattoo is, on your
1: ass. Yeah. <laughs> got yeah. on your moon. Zing. Yeah, got, got on my
4: moon. For those of... You know, I, I talk about the red moon. For those people who, who don't know what I'm talking about, that red moon is when your moon is basically peaking overhead or underfoot at, like, prime time hours. So, two to three hours after dark in the mornings when it starts to give to be daylight and two to three before it gets dark at night. So, this year... You're gonna have that red moon October 26th through the 31st, and you're also gonna have it November 10th through the 14th. If I've got one week to blow, the first week in November, I'm off this year, hands down, no doubt, no doubt in my mind.
0: Okay, now, I think there's a bunch of guys going fuck.
4: I put my vacation the week <laughs> after. God, dude. Well, uh, typically, a lot of guys. Typically, a lot of guys are. Usually on, on a normal year that second week's always hot. But here's the deal though, and this is this is just me, but I am a big fan of in, in my opinion, it's all based off that lunar and the you know the, the shortness of daylight and the amount of daylight that triggers the rut. I mean, I, I think the earth's solar and lunar illumination basically is what triggers a whitetail's reproductive cycle. So, in my opinion, that synchronizes your 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 breeding and stuff. Now, th- that's just me. I mean, some guys are like, "No bullshit, I don't believe it." That's just me. That's I believe that. So, when that daylight ends, which I think this year it's like the third or fourth, which is usually around that first week. Usually, that second week is super hot. But this year, man, you've got them red. You've got that red moon, the twenty-sixth to the thirty-first, and I'm telling you, that is going to trigger. These next seven days, dude, are going to be good. I mean, real good. And I I really think that first week is going to be super hot November. I honestly think the second week you're going to be into that lockdown um, breeding phase. And just to touch on this real quick, because I think a lot of people get confused by this too. A whitetail buck is not going to hit seeking, chasing, and breeding only once during the rut. Every time a buck breeds a doe, he is now going to go back through the seeking, chasing, breeding phase. So, I, I, it drives me nuts when I hear guys say, oh, it's locked down. It's locked out." Wait a minute. Not every buck right now is in lockdown. Yeah. So, yeah. One, buck, <clears throat> one buck on November 3rd could be in lockdown, yes. Right. But there could be 10 bucks on November 3rd that bred a doe three days ago that are now out seeking and chasing does. So, you got to keep in mind that that the seeking, chasing and and breeding phases those waves all correlate and they all come together. They all they, you right. know th- they all flow throughout the entire rut. The entire rut encompasses all three of those phases simultaneously. It's not just okay, on this date they will be st- chasing on this state, they will be seeking on this state, they will all be breeding and that's it that is not how the rut works
3: yeah
0: yeah i think people like to generalize the rut too much yeah oh, they
4: do well a lot of guys don't understand how the rut actually works in my opinion
0: yeah i would agree i would definitely agree the yeah. rut is not technically the rut is when does are an estrus the yeah, rut absolutely. they don't they don't calculate absolutely. in but the the how bucks act on the beginning yeah. and ending stages of does going in and out of yeah. estrus is different. That's the yeah. rut we are affected by as well, humans. Yeah. We see that part. Well, yeah. like right now, Clint. I, I know this. You hear this all the time because I'm hearing it all the time. And if I hear it all the time, I know you do. The rut's going to be early this year. Oh, they're rutting. They're already rutting.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I, I, oh,
0: God, yeah. And I say, I, nope, I'm, you're seeing two-year-olds doing dumb shit because that's, yeah. you know, that's what and, running, dude, young bucks you. do. And that's what yeah. I did when I was 16, dry humping air, walking through the hall, <laughs> yeah. halls at high school.
4: Yeah, well, and, it's, it's, and here's the thing, too, is everybody's forgetting We've got temperatures 10 and 15 degrees across the Midwest colder than we usually do this time of year. Of course there's going to be more buck activity. Of course you got more scrapes and rubs popping up earlier because the bucks are, are, are more active in daylight. This is, you know, there's all these giants being killed right now and everyone's like, "Oh, the rut's in." No, 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 no. The rut is not in. Well, it's like weather, good luck catching
0: me outside of my house out of the A.C. in July. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, the weather is triggering these bucks to move more in daylight, and therefore, when they move more in daylight, the chances of them walking by Joe Billy Bob Blow down the road is higher to get killed. I mean, that's, that's you know, the, the, the biggest... Like, I, like, I'll jump on Facebook, and not to knock Facebook, but I, I'll jump on Facebook, and I read these posts... Saw a buck with his nose down to the ground this morning. Ruts in. Hashtag rut2k18. Wait a
3: minute. We're <laughs> we never going to die. Oh, no,
4: no. <laughs> Time out. You saw a basket rack eight point with his nose to the ground yeah. walking around. I will watch bucks in July in velvet walk around with their nose down to the ground. That does not mean that the rut is in, people. I mean, yeah. that, that's
0: right. Know, People. And
4: number one, these small bucks, like what you, like what you were saying, Kurt. These small bucks, they are ready for the show. They're pumped up. They've only been through one or two ruts. These old bucks, they know what happens. <laughs> They're not getting all excited. It's like, it's like, it's like the old, uh, the old adage. There's a, there's, there's an old bull and a young bull up on top of a hill. The young bull says. Oh, let's you know, let's let's run down the hill and go breed one. The old bull says, "How about we just walk down and breed them all?" I mean, there, there's let, let's let's not get carried away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. those old bucks, those old bucks know when the time is coming. These young yeah. bucks do not have a clue. I mean, they right. just don't. They don't. I watched two little basket eights lock up and spar and push each other around. And I watched a three-and-a-half-year-old nine-point a couple nights ago look at them while munching on clover, like, are you two honestly going to do this right now while I'm trying to feed? Like, please, could we stop? Like, he just looked at them and shook his head almost like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Stop. Like, <laughs> and, 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 and both, both the does and their yearlings took off because they don't want to be harassed and chased by these little bucks. Mm. 20 minutes later 20 minutes later the does come back the little bucks chase them off i mean it's just it's and and still the still the older buck who's probably a three and a half is still there eating clover now if those does were getting ready to come into estrus that buck is not going to be there eating clover i mean it's just yeah right you know. that's a good way to
0: put it that's a good clear way to like paint that photo of like yeah. Well it's not quite the the rut yet. Every year when you say this. Every year. This is oh, yeah. you get this, like a pep talk every the, year. I went on this yep. rant last year on Facebook, I did a post. Like, listen, yep. people put out this rut prediction, blah, blah, blah. I'm putting out a blog oh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put all this catchy uh, clickbait, clicky click, click clicks, and you're gonna click on it and be like, Fuck the
1: rut's early. Yeah. I'm gonna post nope. a picture oh, of a yeah. double drop time buck for to get attention. Yeah.
0: It's like, yep. no, it's not. <laughs> it's everyone calm yep. the fuck down and do this every year.
4: Let's no, just like, let's, it's just like let's let's grab our
0: bearings. Nothing yeah. has and, changed.
4: <laughs> and every everybody every year wants to make the rut come in quicker. Like everybody wants that rut to come in faster than what it is. Like it's almost like they try to trick themselves into thinking
0: Dude that- Clint, I'm gonna pain you very bad. I had I shot my dough October seventh, I think, sixth or seventh this year. Yep. I was talking to a person somewhere, I'm not going to say, after I shot my doe, and yep. he he goes, dog, dude, they're in pre-rut already. They're in pre-rut. Rut's, Rut's, Rut's going to be like two and a half weeks early this year. They're in pre-rut already. And yeah. I w- in my head, I'm going, motherfucker, we got one of these guys. So what I did that was like, yeah, dude, you're probably right. You're probably <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I bet you they are. You should hit it hard. Yeah. And then I just went about my day, I'm like, God
3: damn it.
1: Every <laughs> it was, year. Well somebody <laughs> always wants is, to call it early, like today. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing know, is
0: satisfaction. Too, it's, it's like October seventh. Yeah, they're pre-rutting, they're tending.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is too, is it's like realistically, the pre-rut, if you want to get technical, starts the minute they strip velvet. Yeah. I mean yeah, honestly, it's true. honestly, if we're if we're gonna get technical, your pre rut is basically a month or so leading up to that rut. So,
0: yeah, but the say, dude at the bar, his pre rut is oh, a year and a half oh, year old got a little yeah. snooty and chased a doe around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: All day no, since from, from now right. on. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I think is, is most people, they don't understand the terminology to a lot of this. Like, yeah. it's just they think the minute they see a little buck run a doe around, ruts in, no, no, whoa, whoa, hold back up. Backup, rut's not in. What you're seeing <laughs> is you're watching a 15 year old chase a senior around. That's yeah, what you, yep. that's
1: what you're seeing. Watching a 15 year old get yeah. a boner yeah. for his first time. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. that's what you're that, that, that that's what you're seeing. Cool. And it's like you know, everyone pump the brakes. The rut is not in yet. Um, hey, if I'm wrong. And tomorrow the rut hits and all the does are bred. Everyone come to Ohio. I'll put you all on deer. I won't even hunt. I'll guide guide everybody. Don't say
0: this. You're going to get a lot of messages. (laughs) I'm on my (laughs) way. I'll be there.
4: That's how confident I am that the rut is not here yet. Everyone... calm down
0: shocking take your first week of your vacation during the first week of november everything will be fine i promise oh yeah (laughs) all right a couple Uh, other questions uh, here we've answered a ton of these just in conversation and you like going into more detail um ryan fair just made a comment it's not a question he just made a statement i thought it was awesome i smoked a dough today steve got a buck and clint will be on wcb did i die and go to heaven I appreciate Absolutely. that, Ryan.
4: Hell <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Ryan. Good luck, Tony dude. Smith. Get that... Get that buck tag filled now, man. It's it's The, the getting's going to get good here real quick. Get Ryan, you there. forgot
0: about me, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. No, uh, nobody cares about me love. killing a good eight, but Steve kills a year-and-a-half-year-old fucking uh, barely like, a nobody, and everyone's just jerking each other off over it. <laughs> it's like last year with
1: Eric and Mark's deer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eric shot like a good like high 140s, yeah. like, low 150s oh, buck. Yeah. Mark oh, yeah, shoots a 183. Buck. Everyone's like, fuck Eric. It, Eric. <laughs> <Eric who? laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn Eric, I'm sorry, man. Like, that's his biggest buck, too. Yeah. I'm like, Eric, you oh, still yeah. the biggest buck, then dude, you just got shit on. He's like, Yeah, it's all right. The thing is, you shot the biggest buck last year, Doug, earlier. Yeah. And then Mark's yeah. like, Oh yeah? Seven inch G two, watch this. 183 or whatever he shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. What about me? That was a, stud.
0: a dick shitter. Okay, Scott Clark asks, What's your ultimate goal as a bow hunter?
4: Ooh, that's a good one. Ultimate goal as a bow hunter. Honestly, for me, bow hunting has been probably the, I would say the biggest teacher to me in life on, all, on all, like every level, really. Um, I think I'm a better person because of what I've learned through bow hunting. I know I'm a way better dad. I know I'm a more patient, um, significant other, even though Danielle might not agree with that all the time. <laughs> But my my ultimate goal honestly um, as a bow hunter is I don't want to go down as like the guy that where people are at my funeral and they're like, oh my god that guy killed uh, 800 um, big animals with a bow I, I want to go down as the guy that people are like that dude literally lived to bow hunt like he he, he absolutely cherished and loved every second of life with a bow in his hands, and in the in the bow hunting scheme of things, that would mean more to me than than for someone to be like he had forty seven Boone and Crockett whitetails. I mean, that's great, that's awesome, but I like to. I mean, I honestly like the the writing thing's been huge for me. I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always. I mean, my mom and dad talk about it all the time. They're like, we can remember you looking at magazines when you were six and seven and being like, someday you guys are going to see me in these. I'm, uh, someday I'm going to open these up and it's going to be my stuff. And not because of I want the attention or because I want the um, the acknowledgement from people or free gear or any of that stupid shit. I just have always wanted to show people like what bow hunting is all about, and just why I love it so much. I mean, I don't write to try to beat my chest. I write to basically like I hope people read my stories or they hear me on a podcast, and I motivate them. Even if it's just to, not even to be a big bow hunter, just to pick up a bow and shoot it, and be like, dude, archery is badass. Like I, I hope that that's the perspective that I give to people is, dude, this guy is so passionate about bow hunting, it's got to be badass. I'm gonna try it. And even if they don't like it, but still, like, I I got somebody to get into it, or I got somebody to, you know, pick up a bow, or I got somebody to get into the sport of hunting in general. I mean, even if it's gun hunting, whatever. I mean, it's just – for me, that's my ultimate goal is is just to try to teach – not not teach people how to bow hunt, but teach people what bow hunting can honestly do for them. Because, I mean, it's it's been – for me it's it's been the biggest teacher i think in life honestly i mean it really has and as crazy as that sounds like bow hunting has been there with me since like day one man i just i just i've always loved it and have just fallen more and more in love with it to the fact where it's like it's not just something i do it's honestly part of me like you take away bow hunting and i may as well honestly like be done i mean besides like danielle and the boys i mean and like family like that's bow hunting is right there i mean it is right up with that stuff i mean that's it's just just means
3: yeah i would you know, agree yeah, i'd
4: you alone. hit the nail yeah.
0: on the head there really yeah dude for if sure. i couldn't bow hunt ugh, oh i'd be in prison what would we, we do yeah, i'd be in jail oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. i bet you i'd be in jail that's my bet be an yeah, alcoholic I mean, for I, sure
4: that was a yeah, that, no, that was a good are. question, no doubt. That no, was
1: a, that was a
0: good one. Easy. That was a good one. <laughs> well, we hit a lot of Instagram questions. We answered uh, hell on Instagram alone. I think we answered ten questions just within talking, and same thing with Facebook. Yep. And so, we appreciate everyone that submitted some questions and everything like that. Appreciate all your guys' support. And Absolutely. Pe- people love you, man. People want you back on the podcast. So I think we're a perfect fit. And I think that after bow season, we need to you need to come to the studio and we'll record like a whole pile. And I'll just like release one one every couple weeks, just and a, just like just a little bit. Let's, because dude, if we get you in here, we get Austin Chandler, Clark Cummings, Ross Bigger, like the big buck killers in our area. We all get together and just record. There's going to be some oh, a yeah, lot man. of good times. And thing is, like, yeah, like, I love bringing educational podcast in and, and putting those out. That's it's a
1: perfect time for it right now.
0: Yeah, it is a perfect time, and it's a ton of fun. But I also just like to have fun in general, and yeah. whether or not someone's learning something or not, I still want them to and just enjoy the podcast for what it is. For sure, not, not every podcast has to be just fucking knowledge tips, knowledge oh, tips. Sure. I, I want yep.
1: people to have a good time and they listen to our show. That's the thing that people we hang out with, Absolutely. like uh, Clint and you know all of them, like they like to have a good time too. Like it's not yep. all knowledge. Like yeah,
0: that's yep. good. Yes, but. I want people to have fun. Yeah. There's so many yep. podcasts now that's just like, blub 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 blub. It sounds like the teacher off of uh, Charlie Brown.
2: Yeah. Wah wah,
0: yep.
3: wah, 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 Yeah. Wah, wah, wah,
0: wah. The thing wah. is, the
4: thing too, is, I mean, what separates <laughs> working class bowhunter podcasts from a lot of podcasts is the simple fact of it's diehard bowhunters, yes, but it's true, genuine dudes, who love to bow hunt and who are loving life. And I mean, that to me is why I have, you know, wanted to join and did join forces with you guys with the blog and the podcast and meeting up at the shows and different things. I mean, it's a, you know, like I just said with that question, bow hunting to me is not just walk out, get my bow, kill a buck, take pictures, write an article. Okay. Next year walk out, get my bow. I mean, I live this shit. Like, this is what yeah. I think about. This is what I do. This is me. You mean, you, you come to my hometown and say, one word, Clint Casper, people's going to say, the fucking dude is an idiot when it comes to bow hunting. And that's what I want. I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's me, dude. That's me. <laughs> that's what I, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, you know, yeah, love freaking, you know. I love, feel that because f-
0: people that don't know about yeah. hunting, they're like, Hey, you know, Kurt Geier. Yeah, he likes to bow hunt a lot.
4: Yeah, that's exactly. good enough for me. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah,
3: I'll take right. it.
4: I mean, you know, that's that. I mean, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, I strive to be, you know, the best guy I can be, and the best father I can be, and and the best, you know, bow hunter I can be. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this podcast is real, genuine dudes having a good time, living life that love to bow hunt. Period. And it, I mean, you know, are there more technical, tip savvy podcasts? Absolutely. But here's the deal, though. How many of those do you listen to for two hours before you click off after 18 minutes? Answer me that. Yeah. I mean, sorry, not trying to be a dick, but (laughs) it's what it is. I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Well, dude, we appreciate you coming on, appreciate you supporting us, and I'm super proud of all the the articles that have been out of you in magazines and photos of you full spread rocking the working class (laughs) boat. Not of you full spread. In the magazine, full page, just... Like they're literally, they're like cent- centerfolds <laughs> of you rocking the working class bowhunter uh, hat. Oh yeah, or just WSBV Nation. That's right. The army, the crew, the gang, 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 gang. gang, 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 gang. gang, gang. bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. Hey, it's it's the the good times coming in hot here. The time we've all been waiting for. We appreciate you, Clint. Give us one good last piece of advice for the people.
4: Dude, go out, buy as much scent as you can, (laughs) get your rattle bags, get your grunt calls, and fucking work them, dude. I mean, snort wheeze! Fucking bleed,
1: man! Piss in your scrape. I mean, just take a get shit. Wild. Fuck it.
4: Oh, get just get wild. Spray that buck bomb all over the woods.
1: Buy five I of mean, them. Hint that no, grunt no. tube till it squeaks.
4: No. Dude, dude, like, on, a cold, <laughs> on a cold, on a cold morning, you ought to be blowing the reed out of that grunt tube. But no, uh, honestly, if I can, if I'm going to nail down November in one sentence, um. Be patient and stick to a game plan. Do not fall into this rut trap of hunting one tree, one area, one farm. Listen, if your farm goes cold, you probably don't have does coming into heat. Move. Go find a farm that's hot. Stick with it. When the iron goes cold again, move. Do not sit all rut in one tree on one farm and think, that it's just magically it's gonna happen and gonna appear. Because honestly, some farms, dude, they're hot for five or six days and that's it, man. those are bred and that's it. The bucks are gone. They move on. I mean, you know, use your use what you're seeing, your your MRI, your most recent information, and just make good educated moves. And honestly, I I really think you'll, you know, you'll get into bucks and hopefully everybody scores. I mean, ultimately, when I come on this podcast, I want to try to help everybody be more successful from shit that I've failed at and stuff that I've been gotten good at over the years. So, you know, if I'm going to throw out there one tip, I'm just going to say like I said, you know, really key in on a game plan and don't fall into a rut during the rut because that happens and so many guys do that and that's mm-hmm. that that's not going to lead to success. It just it just it won't. I mean,
1: don't bring you down don't, it down more than it will help you.
4: Ah, don't be afraid to move. Don't be afraid to move with the deer and go where the iron's hot. Find the hot iron, stick with it.
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right. Before we close her out, first of all, thank you, Clint. As always, we got to have you back more often in studio, preferably. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll tag out and come uh, hang out with you in Ohio for a hunt. <laughs>
4: dude, absolutely, man. Come on out, dude. Uh, hey, anytime. I mean, our tags... Over-the-counter, you only get one buck tag, but uh, yeah, man, over-the-counter as of now, so anytime, excuse me, anytime, come on out.
1: (laughs) All right, Doug, give us something positive. I don't know if it's something positive, but this year at ATA, will you have a piece of glass in your foot or not?
4: Man, I sure hope not. Hey, we
1: we already bought our Airbnb for Louisville
0: ATA Show 2019. So if you're going to be there, we'll be there podcasting at ATA Show this year. Clint, you better fucking be there with us. Absolutely, we're going to be there. Square. That's right, we're going to be there at the show all day podcasting around so if you're going to be there let us know and we'll be there at some after party drinking some shitty beer while everybody else is drinking some a little higher class than we are
3: oh for sure
4: absolutely All i got something positive i'm not going to i will not go to any bars that don't serve bush light and if you tell me to take my hat off you're gonna get told fuck you (laughs) i'm I'm gonna leave
1: (laughs) all right something positive uh my got my cousin his second deer with a bow Nice little Hell buck. Yeah. Nice buck. Oh yeah. And uh, I got a doe too. Same time. Absolutely. Savage. Long night, but was worth it.
0: Absolutely nice, our, man. Hell our, yeah. Our intern Cameron Tank. Yeah, anything positive?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful for my wife. She uh, tells me to go out hunting. She doesn't tell me to stay home. It's awesome. That's pretty rad. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I know. She Hell wants yeah. me to That's kill very the deer. Very positive. I know. Family. So yeah. thank you
1: for keeps, sharing that, Tank.
2: Keeps me going and uh, doesn't make me feel like I'm uh, missed in other places. So. I'm That's always awesome. out there. Yeah. Nice. Hats,
3: off that.
1: Hats off to her.
2: <laughs> well, my something positive is Steve finally killed a buck.
0: I yeah. didn't think That of- is absolutely. very positive. I- I'm staring off at the red red light in the studio as I say that. Stay on forever. I got a buck down already, and it's just
1: a good season so yeah. far. It's only going to get better from here. Yeah.
0: Open a bush absolutely. light to that. That's right. Everyone, good luck. The good time is coming. Be out this weekend. Chase after it. Get your bow hunting dreams accomplished. You can do it. We have faith in you, but you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.